Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, this is a, an episode that we're recording in real time, as opposed to our last episode, What to Expect in May, because your boy was yeah. overseas. So now I'm back in the States. Never thought I'd say that in a podcast, but I'm back. London was lovely. Maybe in a later podcast we can talk about that, but this is a special episode, and it's back-to-back Marvel in the next two weeks. We're going to talk about Moon Knight. We're going to break down the series. I'm sure the listeners want to know my thoughts because I've been hyping Moon Knight up since our first episode, the Part-Time Hero Podcast. Very, very first episode we talked about. Right? That was one of the first people I wanted in the MCU moving forward, and here we are seven years later. So I can't wait. 300-some episodes later. Right. Yeah, 300-some because we scrapped a lot. So we're, you <laughs> yeah. know, we scrapped about 40 episodes. So, yeah, we're well over 300 at this point. But, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about Doctor Strange Man into the Multiverse of Madness next week. Yeah. Because I haven't seen it yet. I will have seen it as this, uh, as this episode comes out. But let's talk about three comics that I recommend for this week. We're recording this on Wednesday. Before yes. we jumped on, I had already went to Crossroads, picked up my comics, and I picked up these three, two of which are a dead giveaway. And one is one is one of those episode or one of those issues that I pick up just to kind of put my feelers out there. And that's the first one. It's from Image Comics and it's called Eight Billion Genies. And it's by uh, Charles Soleil with art from Ryan Brown. And this is a series premiere. And the, ta- the start or the story is, if you had one wish, what would you wish for? Now, what if everyone else had one wish too? That's 8 Billion Genies, the new eight-issue series from Charles Soleil and Ryan Brown from Curse Words. I also recommend that. Um, at exactly the same moment, everyone on Earth gets a genie and one wish. All hell breaks loose in a very entertaining way, and that's just the beginning. Buckle in for the wildest ride of the year. Now, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not, but... the I love chaos. I thrive in it. That's why I'm a social worker. Um, <laughs> when I thought of 8 Billion Genies, I, am mad, uh, I immediately thought of a series called 8 Billion Genies where everybody on Earth got a genie and just how ridiculous it would be. And then I was like, it's kind of like Upload or Upgrade or whatever that Robbie Amell show is. And I was oh. like, what if all of them had genies? And then I just pictured Robbie Amell running around with a genie. And now I don't want to read the book. <laughs> but speaking of Robbie Amell, do you see he got cast in The Witcher? No, I did not. Yeah, season three, he's going to be in The Witcher. A big move for the Amell uh, cousins. That's, That's huge. Really big. For, well, you know what? That upload is uh, pretty popular. I haven't seen it, but I know it, it's a fun show. It has gotten great reviews. So that. Uh, Get him away from the CW. So Yeah, he'll never do the Tomorrow People movie, which is great. All right. Are you going to ever pick up 8 Billion Genies? Is this on your radar or no? No. no. I, I figured as much. This one might be the next one I'm sure is going to be on yours. Uh, the next one is the first of the layups when they came out. I was like, yeah, this is this is going on my list. And it's Captain America, Symbol of Truth. One of my favorite Marvel heroes of all time, right? So Captain yeah. America, every time a new series comes out, I get it. It's written by Toshi Onyebushi with art from R.B. Silva. And this is a Sam Wilson Captain America. Um, Sam Wilson picks up the shield once more and enters a world of trouble. Following a lead from Misty Knight, Sam intercepts a mysterious group hijacking what appears to be an empty train. 
As he digs deeper, he discovers that the plot may be connected to a crucial piece of Captain America history, and surprisingly, Wakanda. The world is ready for two the world is ready for two Captain Americas, but is Sam Wilson ready for what comes next? Acclaimed writer Toshi Onyebushi from Black Panther Legends and Riot Baby teams with Stormbreaker R.B. Silva, Powers of X, Inferno, and Fantastic Four to open op- uh, to open a thrilling new chapter of Captain America history. When was the last time you picked up a brand new number one Captain America book? Uh, I don't remember. I mean, the last storyline he was in was um secret empire remember you loved that secret one. empire yeah and but you know that w- wasn't technically a captain america book but, right um i don't i can't remember is this something you're gonna pick up i think so uh especially with the popularity of the show and how great the show was and um you know how sam wilson is the captain america yeah uh, going further so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think Sam Wilson's a character that needs to be explored more. And I know a lot of people who read the comics are like, oh, there's so much Sam Wilson. But, like, these books are also for people who are trying to get into comics and don't want to be lost. So if you're looking for a Captain America to read, I think Sam Wilson's a good way to start because he is the current yeah. Captain America in the MCU. And he has his own show, but he also tells uh, – has amazing stories and – Yes, it goes to Wakanda, and that's a, a beautiful place and that endless possibilities. So definitely check that out. Now, the third one, it seems like fate, and I'm not talking 1990s Doctor Fate, just fate. That this is on this episode because it's Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood. Now Ooh. he now he's getting the Black, White, and Blood treatment, as has Carnage, Wolverine, Elektra. Um, I think a couple of other people have gotten it too, uh, but he finally gets his. And I think, honestly, Moon Knight is made for black, white, and blood because of the color palette. He's black. Yeah. He's black and white, primarily all white. And it's written by Jonathan Hickman with various other writers, various other artists, cover artists, and all that. It's a anthology, not an anthology, but you know, it's got a bunch of different stories in it. So no, it's like the Carnage one. Yeah, that I, it's, that's the only one I picked up. It's exactly like that. So you're gonna get different arts, different stories. You know, it's gonna be a beautiful book. I have it. I can't wait to read it. It's the first one I'm gonna read tonight. Um, so a blood moon rises, and its contents are black, white, and red. A bevy of comicdom's finest creators put their uh, put their mark upon the fist of Khonshu. And stories depicted in stark black, white, and blood red. Jonathan Hickman and Chris Bashalo introduced the all-different Moon Knight of the future, which is interesting. Uh, Mark Guggenheim and Jorge Fornes tell a Moon Knight adventure in reverse. That sounds like a Black Mirror episode. And Morea Ayudele and Dotan Akande team the white-clad crusader up with the amazing Spider-Man for the harrowing night of adventure. All those sound great. I hate when they team them up. Like, it, it <laughs> diminishes the character. And as we kind of enter into spoiler territory, as we break down season one of hopefully many seasons of Moon Knight, I hate that they team them up. They've teamed them up with, you know, so many different heroes and Blade and Daredevil and Iron. Like, they just continuously teamed them up. And I think it diminishes the character. Not many heroes and villains in the MCU and the Marvel Comics universe are going to 
understand the complexity of Moon Knight. You know what I'm saying? It's a very, I mean, we'll talk about it, but it's a very complex story and hero. Yeah, if you're going to team him up, it has to be with the smartest minds. Now, Spider-Man is up there with the smartest minds in in Marvel, but I don't know what Spider-Man we're teaming him up with. Are we talking like 17-year-old Peter who just got bit by a spider? Or are we talking to old man Peter who, you know, has kind of evolved and became smart? You know, like, I feel like the only person, and this person's not smart, but he, like, sees the world through a different scope, would be Deadpool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's kind of bonkers. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see where this is, but... I don't know. I think they kind of diminish him when they team him up. And they kind of teamed him up in this series that we're going to talk about now um, and gave us a, a real twist on um, a potentially unknown character to a lot of non-comic book fans. And I have a lot of people come up to me at work or you know through friends and family who say, Jim, have you watched Moon Knight? Knowing that, like, come on, bro. Like, I've watched Moon Knight. Like, I'm damn near Moon Knight running around. Um you know, I got my pillowcase tied to my neck and I'm jumping off my apartment building. Just, you know, I'm the fist of Khonshu. But I've had everybody ask me, like, what's going on with this? And, like, should I watch this? Like, everybody's talking about it. And I'm like, if you're going to jump into the MCU, like, you haven't jumped in the last 10 or 12 years. I don't know where you've been, 15 years, whatever. This isn't the way to do it. You know what? I I disagree. I think that this is the way to do it if you don't want to jump into the MCU and start, you know, from Cap 1, Iron Man, and so on, but you want to get the taste of the MCU and see what Marvel productions are like. Because this is a six, probably like four and a half hour movie. Oh, no. It's, you know, this is top-notch movie. I just think it's a little complex for uh, some people. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a love or hate character i don't feel like there's a gray area for moon knight like you either love him or you hate him because of how complex he is and this show was a very intelligent show this wasn't one of those like let's give you a cookie cutter format of here's his origin story we're in chicago this is what he's doing like you're thinking what's reality up until the very last moment of the show and i love that I love that about this. And this is why I love Moon Knight. So let's kind of jump into the spoiler alert to follow. As I said, what were your thoughts of this series coming out of it? I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was uh, top quality TV. You know, um, you could easily, like you said, make it a four and a half hour movie. You know, the acting was great. The writing was great. Special effects were great. Villain was great. I loved Ethan Hawke. Yeah. A lot of people Never th- didn't like him. And I don't get it. I, I liked him for what he was. like. Yeah, I think people wanted like a Capes and Cow kind of superhero show. like, And I think they wanted him to be like this supervillain and not this religious zealot who is trying to purify the world. Like I think for this show, this that was perfect. Harrow was a perfect villain for this show given the setting, the timeline. Not even like – this doesn't even touch the MCU at all. No, like, like I was kind of surprised that there was an end credit scene that didn't. Right. You know and, what I mean? And there were rumors that there were two MCU cameos that were featured in this that were cut out. And I'm really curious to see who they would have been. I mean, obviously, I would have thought 
if I'm picking two people that fit this universe right now, Dane Whitman and Blade. That's exactly what I thought because they fit in they fit what Moon Knight is about. Yeah, and honestly, at the time of this show, all of them are in London, right? From when Moon Knight yeah. returns back to London after being freed from Khonshu, when Blade arrives to see Dane Whitman in London, they're all there. And I was in London yeah. at the same spot. So I, <laughs> am I a Midnight Sun? Possibly. Also, humble brag, um, I was in the museum that they shot some of Moon Knight in and Eternals. Oh, that's cool. You know when uh, Mark walks up to, or as Stephen, he walks up at to Charles Darwin, the statue, and says, don't look at me that way, Chuck? Yes. I saw that. I touched that statue. Did you say the line? I did. I did. And my wife was like, what are you doing? And I was like, you wouldn't know it's midnight. But that's just a little humble brag. But go on about the series. I'm sorry. Um, like I said, like going back to Ethan Hawke, like he wasn't your normal villain. And if I had to compare him to a villain in the MCU, it might be Cassilius. Yeah, that's exactly um, what I was thinking, too. Where Cassilius was different as well, uh, had, you know, had his followers, had this mindset of a perfect world, yeah, or what they could do with it, um, and I and I like that. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't imposing. He he really wasn't. Like he wasn't going to fight him. You know, it was it was more psychological, and that's what this whole show is about. Yeah, he didn't fight him until he got the powers. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he finally had Ahmet's powers in his awesome crocodile, you know, staff. I, you know, going into the show, you know, we all know where we stood with this. We were hyped for it. Coming out of it, I just, I couldn't believe how much I loved this show. I knew I was going to love it, but how much I loved this. You touched on one part that I thought was um, something that was could have been potentially damning to the show, and that was the CGI. And I know Marvel yeah. never fails, right? But we hear all this stuff coming out of She-Hulk that it's not good, that the CGI is choppy, that there's issues with the the director and or the showrunner and Tatiana Maslany. You didn't hear anything from Moon Knight, right? No. And at first I was like, how are they going to portray Khonshu? Because that's a focal point in the Moon Knight lore. And the way they did it was, I thought, great. In my mind, they made it from from head to toe. Like they made him a withered Egyptian bitter god who's been exiled, and then they turned him into a, a you know eccentric billionaire god at the end. So like we see Mark evolve, right, and we see Konstru evolve as well. And I thought that that was good. Um, another thing about the show, in terms of the CGI, I didn't realize how many more gods would be in there. Like I Ahmet, you know, we knew we were going to get her. She was clean. Oh, it was. The, she was lovely. Takwere, the hippo, super clean. Like it legitimately yeah. looked like a hippo was on the screen. And what I loved about her is like they even got the ticks of like, you know, how the hippo, the ears twitch. Yep. And it was like, it's one of the best CGs for, for a show that I've ever seen in my life. I agree. Um, I would agree. But like there's such like I said, just the twitch of the hippo's ears is just so attention to detail that I would never think of that. But seeing that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what a hippo does. 
Yeah, I mean, they really paid close attention to the to details, especially with the the movement of the gods, but also when you look at the the whole setting and the tone, right? So the showrunner of Moon Knight has been outspoken on a lot of other properties that have depicted Egypt because he is a proud Egyptian. I know recently he came out and talked about um, the scenes in Wonder Woman 84 um, that take place in Egypt and how they were terrible. And you don't, you know, you go to Cairo to shoot, don't pick Morocco to play Cairo. And he went and shot in Cairo. And the attention to details for the Egyptian heritage, switching a comic book character's origin and turning her into the first Egyptian superhero, the Scarlet Scarab, was great. Um, Yeah. And also one thing that I thought was going to be tough is whenever you have mental health and mental illness involved into a show, it sometimes can be bastardized or sometimes could be turned too comical. And this didn't. Like it showed disassociative identity disorder without even having to explain it and made yeah. it made it part of the show and not the elephant in the corner. You know, S- Split did a good job at doing it, but they continuously went back to remind the audience that, you know, he had DID. They never mentioned that until like the psych sessions when we're all thinking like, is this reality or is this his mind? And I think that that's a wonderful way of shooting this because you could really just turn the audience off if you're in your face like, this guy's mentally ill. He's got mental illnesses. Like focus on the character, not the illness. And I think they did a really good job at that. So – what are some things that kind of stood out to you besides the CGI? Like, did you catch any of the breadcrumbs like that were left in the first episode that kind of led us to believe like what the story was going to go on in the later episodes? No, um, until you told me. <laughs> oh, about the field uh, of reeds. Well, that and then like how in the store there was a stuffed hippo. Yep. And yeah, um, he was first episode. Mark is being chastised by his boss. And he's unpacking the stuff hippos, the goddess. And yeah. when he's late to work, Stephen is confront. He's you know giving a history lesson to that little girl, and the girl said, "How does it feel to not?" Or something along the lines of, "How does it feel to not make it through the field of reeds?" And you know those are small things in the first episode, first ten minutes yeah. of the episode, that go all the way to the the very last episode, which like if you blink, you miss it. It's very good story building. Yeah, I mean the storytelling was exquisite, um, yeah. and I don't use that word a lot. No. And you know what? I've been racking my brain over this because I just recently watched it for the second time today, and I'm thinking of all of the the MCU shows that we've watched to date, right? So even if we go back to the Netflix stuff, right? There's always a separate storyline being told. This was one storyline where all of the players were just as important as everybody else. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there was no side quest. There was no... Yeah, I mean, even the no. origin story was told from the main character's story, like perspective. It wasn't a flashback. It was a look in, and I thought that that was brilliant. Like, so many times I've watched a show or a movie, and I get lost in the side quest and the secondary stories. And I think what they really did was... They were, they gave you Haro's, or Haro's journey, Layla's journey, and Stephen and Mark's journey simultaneously. Not parallel. 
You didn't get a whole, a whole Layla episode. We never got her background. We never like we were we were told about her her father and like through dialogue and that was that brought so much more to the the show. We weren't like, oh, episode five is an all Layla episode, which I wouldn't have mind because I thought she was brilliant in this, but we didn't get that, and I thought that that was great. Um, so the showrunner really crushed it on this one. Um, very surprised that they didn't go to the MCU, especially when Moon Knight was announced. I think it was like 2019. Kevin Feige comes out and says Moon Knight will appear in multiple movies moving forward in the MCU. And they didn't go that route. And I like that. But then came the news right after the finale broke where Oscar Isaac's like, this might be it for Moon Knight, the series. And that kind of broke my heart. Did you hear that news? No, I did not. Yeah, so he comes out, the series comes out, and at one point I think the marketing said that this was the series finale. And then they quickly like went back, I think it was on Twitter, they went back and deleted the tweet, but you know, the internet keeps receipts and they snapshot that and put it all over everything right so they had the series finale and then oscar isaac was asked you know what's the future hold for moon knight season two and he's like at this moment no one has approached me for season two with the ending of season one there has to be a season two yes right um or maybe he gets a movie yeah, or, I, I, you know, I said the same thing about Hawkeye, right? There has to be a season two with Kate Bishop, but there isn't. You know what I mean? Hawkeye was is one and done. I mean, I don't think you get a big star like Oscar Isaacs and never introduce him again. Now, we might we might not get a season two, but I don't think it's the last we've seen a Moon Knight. No, I completely agree. Um, although I would love a season two because I think Moon Knight has more stories to tell. They didn't even yeah, scratch definitely. the surface on Moon Knight. Yeah, nah. they, there were, you know, this is the, the nitpicky part of me, but there were differences in this show than the comics, as there are with everything. And I'm fine with yes. all the differences that they made. But I'll point them out for those who may not know a lot about um, Moon Knight. So the character of Steven is also a an altar of Mark's, not one that he's created because of torment from his parents, but because he wants to fit in different social uh, social circles. And that's the thing about Mark. When he's in Chicago, he wants to be part of Chicago. Like he's Mark Spector mercenary, but he's also Stephen Grant, who's a billionaire socialite who gets you in the rich social circles. The Bruce Wayne, if you will, right? Yes. Stephen is not Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight is another alter ego who is a consultant who is more present in the comics right now because he runs a like um he runs an agency in chicago him and a vampire okay. and a vampire oh yeah they have a relationship with tigra it's very cool um jake is a taxi driver we met jake at the very end end credit scene where he is conshu's chauffeur in a rolls royce that says specter yes um i love the color palette of that the black white and red you know what we're talking about black white and blood the comic that comes out today to go back to that. I love that color palette. I love the evolution of Conchu again, that he was in Mr. Knight's clothing. Did you notice that? Yes. I thought that that was really cool. And a yeah, lot of, awesome. and I feel like a lot of people missed that. We saw, we saw Jake, but w without seeing Jake, if you catch my drift, every time 
Mark slash Stephen um, blacked out, that was Jake coming to fruition. And they were continuously laying Easter eggs, even the very last episode what at the start where Harrow says it could, didn't have to be like this, Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, whoever the hell else is in there. There's your cue that there's another one. Um, so Jake Lockley, uh, great stories in the comics. He's your killer. He's mercenary on hinge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want to see more of him. Um, I loved the costume design on this for both of these characters. Oh. It was very slick. Like it kind of reminded me of like a better version of Ragman when like how it assembled. Yeah. But uh, the end result, it, I didn't know how they were going to do it. Well, the the showrunner, and we keep calling him the showrunner. Let me get his, his name right. Um, Mohammed Dayeb. He came out and said, like, I want to honor Egyptian heritage, right, with Moon Knight. Even though Oscar Isaac is not Egyptian, neither is Mark Spector. So uh, before anyone's like, he's not Egyptian. They, how do you honor Egyptian without... How do you honor Egypt without an Egyptian actor? Well, Mark Spector is not Egyptian. He's Jewish, um, and he's not from Egypt. He's from Chicago. Um, so obviously, you know, you're telling a story, but it's set in Egypt, so you want to honor Egypt. I get it. They made him like a mummy. Yeah. And I thought that that was really cool. The, the hieroglyph- uh, hieroglyphics on his his moons were beautiful, and they were etched into Khonshu and his moons. I thought that that was great. Um, then you go to Mr. Knight, and you really don't get a close-up on his suit, like a real close-up, until season uh, episode f- six. And, like, you see the pa- the patterns on it, and, like, you think you're just seeing a white suit, but, like, they have Egyptian patterns on it. Oh, that suit was clean, man. That suit yeah, was ma- so clean. The mask was sick. The mask was sick with the, the light eyes. Like, it mm-hmm. was – I've – you know me. I've never been a big fan of Mr. Knight. Yeah. Um, but th- it was a very slick, clean look. Yeah, Mr. Knight is dope. And, like, we kind of talked about if they're going to bring – I know you and I have talked about it. And on all the various YouTube shows I've done with uh, Dion, we've talked about how are we going to get Moon Knight? Are we going to go with the hood and the cow? Or is that too comic-y? And Mr. Knight was always that option, right? So, like, that's your ace in the hole for Moon Knight. You can always go with Mr. Knight if – Moon Knight is more theatrical. I think both of them were perfect. I know the, the I was, way they did it fit well. Yeah, I mean, there were some cheesy scenes, like when he's flying, like at like at the in season or, uh, in episode six when he's yeah. flying. I'm like, okay, this is a little cheesy, but I get it. Like Kanshu is like kind of flexing his god muscle right there. I thought that that was cool. Um, I also like the the imagery in the the series as well as like when they go to the flashbacks in episode five and the uh, moon Knight or well Mark, Mark and Roro are going into the cave and Steven steps on the dead crow. Yeah. Uh, I thought that that was great. Um, Conchu's dialogue between everybody where they called him like little worm, little bug. Like he would call uh, Layla little bug throughout the whole series leading up to her becoming the Scarlet Scarab. So like it's more story long form storytelling, which is great. Um, which brings us back to the differences in the comics. I'm sorry, I divert it. Um, so the painted man, the gold man, um, he is more important than we gave him credit for. 
And I think a lot of people missed out on that. Um, same thing with Midnight uh, Midnight Man. I think we would have gotten more of Midnight Man had he not died in real life. Oh, yeah. But I feel he... He died in the show. Yeah, but they said he was going to be in five episodes, and he was in one. You know, I think he was one of Harrow's men. I think Harrow kind of brought him back because he did the whole scales thing and brought him back. Um, but Midnight Man is a, a character that should kind of be explored too, but sadly the actor who played him died. Um, but the Golden Man who Stephen would go and console, or well, go and kind of vent to, uh, his name is Crawley, and he was um, he was kind of callbacked in episode six where he's like, Crawley, and he screams Crawley, and then it kind of fades to black. Um, Crawley is used as an informant for Moon Knight, um, and not more, of, not as a confidant like in this in the show. But I feel like if we get back to Moon Knight operating in London for season two, we're going to see more Crawley. Um, and then it brings us to Layla. Um, Layla does not exist in the MCU, or in the okay. in the Marvel Comics universe, not to be confused with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but there is a character named Marlene who has the same background as Layla. Her father was an archaeologist. He was killed. Um, but Marlene never becomes Scarlet Scarab, unlike Layla did. Uh, Layla was a audible that they made based on the casting to have an Egyptian superhero. And I think that that's dope. I think that that was a great move to make. Um, they focused heavily on her in that final episode. Her her adjusting to becoming a superhero was very fast. And I don't know if that's just storytelling or if we're just assuming that once you are the avatar of a god, you become, you know, you skip superhero classes and you go straight to it. Because essentially when Steven was Mr. Knight in the beginning, he had no idea what the hell he was doing. <laughs> and then in episode six, he's doing like sidekicks and spinning attacks and throwing the you know, his batons everywhere. Like he was a full blown fighter. So I guess when the gods inside you, you get that, you know, that rush of God adrenaline and you can shut shit down. But, um, I liked her whole Scarlet Scarab thing. What did you think? I thought it was sick. Yeah. Like it, it just kind of reminded me of like the wonder woman outfit in 84, but yeah. better. Yeah. I mean um, this, this entire six episode run, was better than Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. And the budget was probably, you know, a quarter of what it took to make Wonder Woman. Yeah. But, like, how when, like, the wings came out and stuff, I was like, oh, that kind of reminds me of, you know, that suit she had. Yeah. That gold suit. But, yeah. Uh, um, they did a, a lot better job. Yeah. And but that, but during ahead. that fight scene is when Ahmet and uh, Kanchu were fighting, like, and they're fighting on the ground, but then you look up in the sky, and it's just like these huge, like kaiju's almost. Um, I was like, "This is sick." Yeah, I mean that was awesome. Like, never did I lose focus on the main fight, but I was able to like see what was going on. And like, after like Mark, Stephen, and Layla won, quote unquote won, after Jake came through and smashed uh, Harrow with his with his cane. You see Ahmet dragging Khonshu away. And I was like, damn. There was a whole Rock'em Sock'em robots behind us the whole time. Like, they, I feel like 
they didn't waste a scene in this. No. You know, even like on the boats where it was like a little whimsical for a little bit where they're like explaining the, you know, the Egyptian lore. Mm-hmm. I got soul vibes. Like, you know how when they're in the like the shadow realm oh, okay. and like the lost yeah. souls are ro- roaming, I got like Pixar soul vibes. And then okay, I could see that. Yeah. And like even like the scene where I believe it's episode five right before. Yeah, it is episode five when uh, she rips out their hearts and they walk into the room and Mark knows every single person that he's killed. Yeah. Like, and then that, they, was, that was a powerful scene. Yeah. And then they reemerge on the boat. Like I thought that that was ridiculously great. Um, all in all, man, this show was phenomenal in my mind. Yeah. And the one thing I got to talk about is F Murray Abraham's performance. Is F- fantastic. I was going to get to it, but I was hoping you would. Yeah. Like he, cause I was like, I'm watching the first episode, and I was like, I know that voice. And I knew it, and I couldn't picture it, or I couldn't pinpoint it, and then I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the same time that this came out, it came out that he is done on Mythic Quest. Yeah. And his character, Mythic Quest, was my favorite. Um, Yeah, he's like an old, bitter man who hasn't adjusted to being, you know, culturally appropriate. No, and he's great in it. But I'm glad he, you know, is in the MCU, and hopefully we see more of Kanchu because his portrayal was amazing. Yeah, I mean, Kanchu is such a complex character that we've really, again, complexity is the tagline of the show. If you, if I was to describe Moon Knight in one word besides awesome, it's complexity or complex, uh, because it's a very complex show. Um, and every character has multiple layers. Like this show could have been called Onion Knight because everybody has <laughs> so many different layers. And Khonshu being one of them. Like he is a puppet master in his own show. But has been it's like it's off Broadway because he's been banished by the gods. And now he's killed a god. So or his fist has killed a god. So if we get more, like, are we gonna get the adventures of Khonshu and Jake? Like What's going to go on with them? Like kind of like uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Like are we going to get like that kind of vibe where, you know, the gods are coming after Khonshu and Jake? What's going to happen with Layla? Do we get a Layla Scarab, uh, a Scarlet Scarab show? You know, what about Bushman? Like they they alluded to him. And that kind of brings me to moving forward. What would you want to do with Moon Knight moving forward? Ideally, if you were Kevin Feige and the the brain trust behind Marvel, what would you do with uh, Moon Knight moving forward? I mean, I don't know a lot of the lore, so I can't say like certain storylines. But like, obviously, I think he needs to appear again. Yeah. Um, I think season two is needed because of the end credit scene. Um, and I think the way to fit him in is like we said with um the Black Knight and Blade. Yeah. Um. You know, we haven't heard anything about the Black Knight or Dean Whitman, uh, but we know a Blade movie is coming. Yep. So, well, we know a Blade project is coming. Blade project. Um, so, you know, do we see him in there? Do we see them maybe in a team up of some sort? Um, you know, like a Midnight. Do Suns. they have? He, Okay, I wasn't sure what it was called. but Yeah, I mean, you could go uh, Midnight Suns. You could go, if you want to, uh, you could go Blade, Black Knight, Moon Knight, 
Ghost Rider, and Daredevil. Yeah. Like, that's what I would do at this current moment in the landscape of the MCU. Like, three or four of the five members I just named are either have projects or have appeared in projects already. So I think that that, that your groundwork's right there. And then you throw in Ghost Rider because everybody's been talking about Ghost Rider. And who knows? Like, Ghost Rider could have already appeared. And I haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. So at that point, I would go that way with uh, the Midnight Suns. That was one of my things. If you're not going to bring back season two, then you should introduce the Midnight Suns. Yeah, I mean, he's so great. And, you know, I I just don't think you put Oscar Isaacs in one season and then just never see him again. Yeah, you can't put him on ice. Like, this is a no. an Academy Award-nominated actor. You know, he's going to, you know, he was just in Dune. He's, he's a face that you know. You don't know the name, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think a lot of like casual moviegoers know the name Oscar Isaac. Uh, he's a, a birthday buddy of mine. We both are born March 9th. But um, I feel like you don't put him on ice with the talent that you have and with the momentum that you had. Um, this is something that you and I were talking off air about, but this came out right around the same time as Batman came out. And it, yeah. it drew heavy comparisons to Batman in the comics. In fact, if you go on the Wikipedia page, there's an entire little section about Batman comparisons. And I think Mohammed uh, Diab did a fantastic job separating Moon Knight from the Dark Knight. Um, and you again, again, we were talking about this, the fact that Moon Knight is known as the fist of vengeance for Khonshu and Robert Pattinson is I am vengeance. Neither director knew that that was going to happen, you know, no. so you're, they're both conflicting with each other. Now, if these movies came out head to head against each other, I think Batman would have won because it's a more recognizable property. Um, although I would love to see if Matt Reeves or Give Muhammad Diab a chance to do a movie in the same vein as The Dark Knight, and I think it breaks a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. it, in After this series, I think it breaks a billion dollars. Um, but that's just my thoughts. Um, in terms of moving forward for me, um, definitely make season two and introduce Bushman. Uh, that's his for, That's his original foe. You know, We all know Moon Knight started, well, some of us may not know, but Moon Knight started as a villain in Werewolf by Night, and a lot of us thought we were going to get Jack Russell. Uh, we didn't get him. I mean, you could bring Jack Russell or Dracula into the the Moon uh, Midnight Suns kind of series as like foes or allies, whatever you want to do. But I think Bushman is the way to go. Uh, they alluded to Bushman going rogue in um, and killing Layla's father. I'd like that to be the storyline for season two, um, where Layla I mean- Layla is going to find Bushman, mm-hmm. where Khonshu and Jake are still in Egypt. And they all kind of convene against the, convene, and they're like, "Oh wait, we need Mark or Stephen. We're both," and that's how they get. He leaves London and shows back up in the Egypt. I mean, you mentioned Werewolf by Night, and we are getting that. Yeah, um, yeah, we are. So maybe we see Moon Knight there, but I don't know if that, if he really fits in that. Yeah, I don't think so either. But um, but you know, we could. Who knows? Who knows? You know, we never thought Blade would show up in Eternals, and his voice did so. Who knows? No. <laughs> I didn't think he fit at all. I mean, it makes sense now. Yeah, I mean, we, we could see Moon Knight in Miss Marvel. Who who knows? Anything's possible at this point. Um, additionally, I would like to see the series move to Chicago, where Moon Knight is based out of. But I'm good with Egypt and London. I just came back from a nine-day trip to London, so I know it 
like the back of my hand so I could point out things. Um, and Egypt, you know, Muhammad obviously knows Egypt. So we, we know we're going to get stellar um, work out of him and his team. So if um, we have Moon Knight hunting down Bushman, I'd like that to happen. And again, Layla c- could kill Bushman. That's what could corrupt Layla. You know, never know. Um, if season two is not an option, Midnight Suns with Blade and Black Knight is definitely where I want him. Um, or if we go storylines, I want the one where Moon Knight kills the Avengers. That'd be cool. Yeah, like those who don't know Moon Knight, go back and dive as much, uh, dive deep into as much Moon Knight lore as you possibly can. You don't even have to go back to Werewolf by Night. I'm talking like early to mid 2000s. Jeff Lemire stuff, go back to that. Um, go back to the House of M Moon Knight. He is in Marvel Zombies. Like, Moon Knight is not a new character by any means. He's just gaining popularity, but he's by no means a new character. So uh, do your research, check this guy out because, um, you know, I, I think he might become a lot of people's favorite superhero in terms of just like the landscape of the world right now. Um, I think he is like the perfect representation of superheroes right now, you know, a flawed individual who's working out his problems, um, who's been taken advantage of, who's been abused, who's just trying to do good um, and creates a good side of him to live a good and normal life but that's just me that's the mental health background i have hmm. but um overall what do you give this one to ten? Nine. yeah this is a 10 it's easy 10 for me it was it it's really really good um i probably don't give it a 10 just because uh it's a little complex and you like really need to focus on it for sure but uh it's a great show in my mind, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, you're a Moon Knight apologist. Um, this is the best MCU show in my mind um, because this one actually felt like a movie. Um, I think this was better than Hawkeye. I loved Hawkeye. but I, I think, agree. I think this was better. I think this was better than WandaVision, which was also fantastic. And, like, I'm not diminishing. Like, they're all 10s, but if I'm ranking 1A through 1 1E – I'd put Moon Knight first. Falcon, Winter Soldier, great. Um, Loki, fantastic. Well, it this is so different because this was the first, and I've talked about this on air before. This is the first new character. Character they got his his own show. I mean, you know, yes, they introduced new characters in the previous Marvel shows, but it was based on someone that you already knew. Yeah. Um, so it was a gamble for them. It was a gamble for them to make this show about someone you've never even introduced, even for a second. Yeah. Um, I mean, coming out I, the gates with Moon Knight is a big dick energy move. Yeah. Like, you don't come out the gates with disassociative identity disorder superheroes and feel confident with that. You're a little worried. But they came out and they were like, we're going to – this is going to crush. This is the – the new age of superheroes because he does he does he he is ushering in new age of superheroes miss marvel she hulk like yeah. iron heart continuously bringing in new superheroes i'd like to see moon knight also pop up in you know secret wars he's been in that um you know the iron wars you know all secret empire all this stuff i think i'd like to see him just pop up everywhere like i'd like him to be the the representative of the mcu disney plus universe 
and so not basically Ju- not Elaine like, from Seinfeld. So basically, like the Captain America, because you know Captain America was the face of the MCU. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever be the face because he's got multiple ones. But <laughs> well, it's the same face, just different. Yeah, different mannerisms. Personalities. I, lo- I love that every time he changed into somebody else, like the hair was different. The mannerisms were different. The facial yeah. features were different. I thought that that was fantastic. And I love that Jake is now a Spanish man. Like he's a Spanish assassin, that which is great. Um, and also, you know, I'm just going to toot, toot this a little bit. I'm just going to say that I didn't recognize that that was Oscar Isaac, even when he was putting Harrow into the the uh, roles. I was like, who's this man? And like, I knew it was Jake. I knew it was coming, but I was still like, who's this guy putting him in there? And I think they did a good job with that. So yeah, nine for you, 10 for me. We'll call it a 9.5 for the whole show. Uh, split it down the middle. I'm so happy about this show. Um, I want so much more of it. I can't wait. I watched it with my clients. Um, we used it as like breaking down mental illnesses. So it was a great learning tool. Um, this is a fantastic show. But that's it, man. We're going to be back next week. We're going to be talking more Marvel as we talk Doctor Strange. I'm going to go see it this week. I can't wait. I know you're clamoring to talk to somebody <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, and, no one I know saw it. So yeah, I got to talk to somebody. And we're going to talk about a movie that is, um, what I'm hearing, slightly decisive, the, uh, divisive. You know, A lot of people are kind of on the fence with this one. I've heard a lot of goods, and I heard a lot of not-so-goods. And maybe the not-so-goods are for people who aren't as deeply invested into this universe as you and I are. And they might not understand the the MCU a little bit. Not even the multiverse, just the MCU in general. So we'll see where we stand with Doctor Strange. Um, I can't wait to see it. But that's it, man. We'll be back next week. Uh, You can follow us on social media. You can follow Galaxy Wars. I believe we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange first. And then we're going to do Moonlight. So, you know, they don't release on the same week. Um but it just turned out that way that they do. Um, you can follow KGMIQ. Uh, I'm on there every Thursday. And you can follow Gym Class on um, all platforms. Uh, new episode coming. I recorded the first one. I didn't like it, so I deleted it. But the first episode is coming. Uh, and follow Chuck on social media. Chuck underscore the Active Geek and AG Cosplay. Um, support the Active Geek family. For That's it, right? No more plugs? It's been a while. Uh, but that's it. Yeah. Um, We'll be back next week for the Active Geek Podcast. I'm Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.